Oh, man, I know some of you guys were sitting back like, when is the next episode of the Lunchroom Chatter Podcast dropping? But I needed a break, man. Like, with everything that has been going on in the last couple episodes, it was kind of weighing on my mental health. Now, those of you guys who have been with this podcast from the beginning, um, I believe it was episode 16 or 17 entitled, Who Am I? Where I spoke about my past battles with depression and suicide Now I'm okay Everything is great I'm not suicidal But I just needed a break From What is going on Because Especially now Like when I have a black child Who is five years old And I know Within the next seven or eight years He will be perceived as a threat Just due to his skin It's terrifying It's tough to think about Especially when you watch him grow up. I was there when he was born. Like, he's so innocent. You know, in his mind right now, everybody's great. But, you know, I kind of let him know um, in regards to last episode when I spoke about Black Lives Matter and how he saw people on both sides of the road and he was excited. He was smiling. So I had to let him know why they were out there, what they were doing, and the purpose of it in the fact that not everybody is always going to like you. Some people, like, they'll just not like you due to the color of your skin. And that is what, like, that is what scares me because eventually, as we all do, he will have his innocence crushed. And that is when he will begin to learn about the real world. Now, from the, the last podcast, we had another death at the hands of the police. His name was, um, I believe it was Rashad Brooks. Forgive me if I am mispronouncing his name. He died in Atlanta at the Wendy's, which is only about maybe 20 minutes away from where I live at. <sighs> to me, like, it just was, it was tough to see and it was tough to watch. I mean, yes, he was resisting arrest, but resisting arrest it does not mean you have to die because if you've seen the video that came out when I believe he spoke with the, he spoke with the cops that showed up for about 30 to 45 minutes. He was calm. He let the cops know, look, I had a couple drinks. It was my daughter's birthday. I was trying to have fun. And he like, this is what he said. He said this out his own mouth. Look, I don't want no problems with you guys. If I have to walk home, I will leave my car here and I will walk home. I don't think you guys heard me. This nigga said, I will leave my car and I will walk home. Now, police officers, like, they love to act as if they don't have discretion. Oh, well, you know, we already out here. We can't let you go. Yes, you can. Cops can let people go because there have been times in many stories I've read where cops pull other cops over, like not knowing that the person they pulled over is a cop. But once they see the badge, oh, my bad, brother, my bad. Have a good cops can use discretion when they want to. If that was a white man in a suit and he said, hey, my brother, look, um, I'll leave my car here and I, I'll just walk home. OK, like the shit goes differently. But when you are black or you are a minority or a person of color, like it don't go the same way for you. So, yes, he struggled with the two cops. And, that, and that's my issue, too. 
It's two of y'all motherfuckers, man. Like, cops are supposed to have this great elite training, but you telling me two, like, two of y'all motherfuckers cannot out-wrestle one guy that is drunk? Like, if you saw the video, and I'm sure by now y'all have seen the video, these cops look doofy, clumsy, some Home Alone fucking burglar type shit. It's two of y'all. And y'all, you get out-wrestled by one guy when you have this elite, quote-unquote, training. The police, they hire any fucking body because that situation could have been resolved so differently, man. Because if I'm a cop, I mean, yes, he was drinking. But the guy had pulled to the side by the time I got there. Now, if the guy offers to walk home, and again, yes, he's drunk, yes, so that is not a fact that is lost. He's drunk, but like me being a cop and me knowing how the inner city works and the people that live in those environments, like I probably would suggest to him, look, you can be arrested, but I don't want to arrest you because I understand. You know, it's the weekend or it's your daughter's birthday. You're trying to have some fun. So right now what you can do is you can call the Uber or Lyft and I'll wait here with you until you get in the Uber or Lyft and you can go home and when you sober up or you can have somebody else come back and get your car or you can walk home. Now, if you get in the car right now and proceed to drive off and me knowing that you are drunk, then I will have to arrest you. But the fact that their first action was just to arrest him when the guy, he's being polite, he's letting you know, hey, look, man, I'll walk home. I don't want no problems. So why, cre why create the problem? And it's tough, and that's why I said I just needed a break, man. I needed a break, and like it was just affecting on my mental health. And then I seen my guy, Naquan Lockhart, a.k.a. 9 to 5, the producer. Like, I went to college with him, and he also said that he was taking a break from social media because it just weighs on your mental health. It just makes you question your own mortality. And the fact that, like, we, we know that we all have to die in that one day our time on earth is finishing. But with everything that's going on now, it just, it just makes me so unsure, and it scares me because I don't know. Like, is today the day? I mean, of course, if the world was great, any day can be the day. But my biggest fear is dying. Like not dying because we all have to die, but just it's just the like I don't want to die at the hands of the police or from someone who is, you know, racist or trying to, you know, just being aggressive with white supremacy. I don't want to die that way because I'm 30 years old. I've never been arrested. I've graduated college. I try and live my life, you know, in a positive manner. I try to, you know, instill myself and my son with the best values. But I know for a fact, God forbid I left, I left home tomorrow and I was killed at the hands of the police. They are going to try to paint a narrative that I was a bad guy. I deserve to die. You know, just shit like that. And I think that is what scares me because... Like, when you are black, like, you don't have the benefit of the doubt. Like, have you ever wondered why every time someone black dies or even a black man or woman, they always dig up in the past, oh, you know, when they was 12 years old, they stole something from the store, so they deserve to die. That was a bad person.
Like, it's crazy because at that point, you are no longer here. So the fact that they can victimize you to where they can assassinate your character and you can no longer reply because it's like most cops have this godlike mentality. But like I said, man, I'm back, man. This is Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. I'm going to start this um, this podcast off by playing a song by my girl, Netta Brielle. That is Netta, N-E-T-T-E, last name Brielle. I believe it's Brielle, B-R-I-E-L-L-E. I'm sorry if I'm fucking your name up, but she is a dope, a talented artist, a talented songwriter, and just a dope person, man. She came out with a song on June 12th entitled Get To You, and it really touched me because, like, recently, like I said, um, I haven't been, my, my like, my normal, upbeat, jovial, joking self with everything that's going on, and when I wake up and I look my son in the eye and I know... Like I said, one day he'll be a threat. So this song really touched me. It spoke to me. And it's a dope song. So this is Netta with Get To You. Trying to you. 
right there was Netta Brielle with Get To You. Again, that is Netta, N-E-T-T-A, Brielle, B-R-I-E-L-L-E. Oh, man. A lot of y'all been hitting me up on um, my Instagram account, which is Lunchroom Chatter Pod. <laughs> y'all been trying to get me to speak about B. Simone. I mean, it's about a week or two old now. I mean, I'm probably going to touch on that a little bit. B. Simone said that she needs to date a CEO nigga. She can't date a nigga with a nine to five. So I'm going to play what she said. And um, I'm going to give y'all my opinions on that. Kyrie Irving does not want to play basketball. And I agree with him, man. And uh, there was a black female police officer in Buffalo called, her name was Curiel Horn. She was fired in 2008 for stopping a white officer from using a chokehold on a middle-aged black man. So we're going to get to that in more. This is the Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Stay tuned. You don't want him to have an honest job? I mean, he could be a, a hustling entrepreneur. So you want him to be a you want CEO status? Yes. Okay, he can't he can't so like, he can't, he can't like clock in and clock out. No. No. Damn, be I think entrepreneurs should date entrepreneurs. Okay, but still there's there's people who have really good jobs with vocation. First of all, so y'all don't misconstrue where I stand. This bitch bugging. This bitch is bugging the fuck out. Now, I don't mean to call her a bitch, I don't, but her name start with a B. I don't know her first name. I'm going I'm to say her first name is Beatrice because I don't know what the fuck her name start with. And I'm, I'm not going to Google her fucking name. But she don't want a nigga with a nine to five? Let's finish playing. <sighs> what else she said? Come on, be Simone. No skills. If, if he's a mechanic. I'm, I'm sure, but no, you're not going to understand my lifestyle. You're not going to understand why I'm up at 3 a.m. Damn, you're making this you, hard for me. Okay, all right. You all know, right. he has to be on. She up at 3 a.m. still and shit. And now, that is, like, that is the negative. Like, when you are outspoken on social media. Now, clearly, I believe she was embellishing. She was on, you know, she was speaking to someone who she knows, which is Nick Cannon. Like, she was being open. <sighs> Do I think B. Simone is going to turn down a great guy? Who, Matter of fact, she probably will. A lot of women now, like, they can meet a man who's great. You know, with a great personality, has a legit full-time job. You know, he's a homebody. But, like, they get bored. Again, I'm not speaking for all women. But, like, a lot of women say shit like, this nigga boring. I need a nigga that with, with some excitement. Look, if you got a man that treats you good, just appreciate the nigga. Be happy. Because the, the alternative is you might find a nigga who don't treat you good. And then you're going to be rushing back trying to get the nigga who you just let go. Now, I can kind of understand, and I, I, I'm not going to kill B. Simone. I'm not going to jump on the whole, oh, B. Simone should be canceled. No, that's her fucking opinion, man. That's like if I came out and said, you know, I love black women, but I, like, I can't date black women who are big. Now, I love big women. I love skinny women. I love everyone. But if that was my opinion, like that is just my preference because women have preference all the time. But it seems as if if you are a man, you cannot have relationship preference. Like women say all the time, oh, I can't date him. Hey, look at his fingers. Like women say shit all the fucking time. Oh, that nigga, got, he wear glass. I can't date a nigga with glasses. Ew. But 
Let a nigga say, you know, psh, I can't date a woman who has stretch marks on her legs. Oh, you, this fucking, this nigga, da, 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 da. it's like they're going to jump down your fucking throat. Oh, you know, a woman has a baby. She gets stretch marks. Look, we know, we know. All I'm saying is that I kind of understand what she said or, or at least what she was trying to say. But to say I, a nigga with a nine to five job cannot understand my lifestyle that shit makes no sense because there are men out here with nine to five jobs who make way more money than these fucking celebrities. Now, don't be fooled and believe that just because someone has a high Instagram following or you see someone in movies or you see someone on TV all the time that they are wealthy, that they are rich, that they are a millionaire. A lot of them are not. And that is when they fool these fucking naive minded people. There are a lot of men out here with nine to five jobs. I repeat, there are a lot of men out here with nine to five jobs that make way more than your favorite celebrities. A guy with a nine to five job does not mean he's not motivated, does not mean he lacks, you know, the motivation to become an entrepreneur. You got to start somewhere because I'm sure right now there's a guy out here with a CEO mindset who has that entrepreneur spirit, but he don't got no fucking money. Like you can work a nine to five job, go to work five days a week and still be focused on building a brand. Because something you don't want to do, like you don't want to be broke trying to build a brand because you think, you, oh, I'm too good to work. Like, and that is where like this whole fucking coronavirus situation, it was a huge wake up call to a lot of celebrities because their money was affected. I, I seen so many celebrities come out, even basketball players, and say, yo, my money fucked up right now, man. I didn't plan my I didn't plan my money right. Because think about it, as an artist, right now there's no concerts. You could drop a project, but you can't promote it. Unless you do like a video call or like a video interview, but it's not the same. But a lot of artists, they money now comes from touring, but you can't tour. Now, like they tried to be creative and do shit like YouTube performing. Ain't a motherfucker about to pay for, to see you perform on YouTube, bitch. You wasting your fucking time. But let me play some more of what B. Simone said. Because after she said what she said, these motherfuckers, they dug up some shit. Come to find out, the bitch got a self-help book. I believe right now she stopped all sales. But she had a self-help book that she was selling. It was like a planner or some shit. And there was so much inside the book that was stolen from regular folks' account on Pinterest. But let me play the rest of what she said, or at least some more. A business owner. He, he getting one of them yes. stimulus packages from Donald Trump, one of them small business <laughs> loans, and he ain't buying jewelry with it. Or we're moving into that direction. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, go around here and say what type of like. I'm again, it makes no sense, man. Because I repeat, it's a lot of motherfuckers out here right now with nine to five jobs. Even some of you guys who listen to this podcast, y'all make way more than these celebrities. Like, do not think, oh, so and so has a hundred thousand followers. They're billion. They're not. They're not. Like, I remember I seen the interview in Sammy. A lot of y'all know R&B singer Sammy. 
he said a couple years back in the interview that he was down to his last $10. And like a lot of motherfuckers do not keep it real. It's a lot of motherfuckers out here right now where like you see them on Instagram and you believe that they are millionaires, that they are billionaires because of how they carry themselves or because of the amount of followers they have. So for Sammy to come out and say, yo, I was down to like my last 10, $20. But something happened where I, I put up a video on Instagram in the shade room. They reposted it. It went viral. And then after that, I started getting a lot of calls. I started getting tour dates and my, my career sort of had a revival. So for Sammy, someone who we know, someone who we watched grow up, who's made an impact on, you know, black culture for him to admit that. I think that is powerful, especially being a black man, because a lot of black men, sadly, they come online, they front, they pretend, they try to act as if, oh, I have so much money. Like it is okay to be human. It's okay, motherfucker. Like you don't like you don't gotta come online and pretend because y'all know me. Like I'm not gonna pretend, man. I'm not gonna come online. I'm not gonna try to impress nobody because, like, to me, that's just a sad way of living. Again, I'm not judging y'all if y'all try to come online and impress people, but to me, that's a sad, that's a toxic way, that's a toxic way to live and wake up and trying to make everybody else believe that your life is something it's not. But going back to B. Simone, she said that, you know, I guess like she tried to blame the reason why her self-help book has so much plagiarized material. She tried to blame it on, oh, well, you know, we have editors that work on a book and we have design people and they must have stole other stuff from other people. And I didn't know about it. But my thing is your name is attacked to that shit. For example, if Beyonce was to, you know, I guess start a restaurant and magically people get sick by eating there. It's like, yes, it's not your fault. You don't cook the food. You are not serving the food, but you are the name behind the establishment. So, yes, when shit goes right and when shit is going great. Oh, Beyonce, Beyonce, like you going to get the credit. But when shit go bad. You going to get all that bad energy too. So, I mean, I don't give a fuck who you had designed your fucking self-help book. Your name is behind that shit. So it is up to you at the end of the day to make sure everything in that book is, is official. It's your job to make sure it's no shit in that book that's stolen. Because for you to have an interview and, oh, fuck these nine to five niggas, blah, blah, blah. I need a CEO. But yet your whole self-help book or at least 55% of your fucking book is stolen from people who have nine to five jobs. You look like a fucking dumbass, man. Shit is crazy, man. Oh, shit. I see right now Hurricane Chris. Y'all remember Hurricane Chris? He had that song, Hey, Bay Bay. Hey, Bay Bay. His name is Christopher Dooley. He was arrested earlier this morning in, I believe it's, Shreveport, Louisiana, or Shreve—I don't know how to say that shit, man. He was arrested for second-degree murder. Shit. 
That's like I don't wish this kind of shit on nobody, man. Like, I mean, I haven't heard of him in a long time. I, I believe he had the he had the hit song "A Bay Bay." He had the song Holly Berry, I think Holly Berry or some shit like that. And I don't think I heard his name in a while, but it's sad, man. Man, let me let me go through some more. Oh, speaking of shit, Kyrie Irving, man. As we all know, NBA season, NBA season is supposed to come back on July 31st. At first, I was excited, but then I started thinking about like right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the civil rights protests being right now, it's powerful. It's consistent. And like it surprised me that people are even stay are even staying in tune this long because we live in a, in an era now where everything is short lived. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought motherfuckers was going to be out there protesting and then. Four to five days later, go back to their normal life. But nah, they still they still out here, man. They still fucking protesting. So I understand what Kyrie said and what Dwight Howard said to where I am kind of scared that when NBA season comes back, it may take away from the movement. Now, everybody does not feel like that, but I think I do because when NBA season comes back, like we have been without sports for a couple months now, so it's going to be big when NBA season comes back. I believe it's about a couple weeks of regular season basketball, and then we jump into the playoffs. And now you know when the playoffs start, when the NBA finals start, that is going to dominate the fucking headlines. And my fear is that since right now, this is like the, the biggest fucking civil rights movement in American history. Like, I don't want that shit to be forgotten about or watered down and people go back to their normal life because I believe, like, the way the world is right now with coronavirus and with it being no sports, people have more time to read the news. People have more time to educate themselves to where a lot of people right now are just so focused on Black Lives Matter, and I love that shit. Now, I watched the documentary last night. It was about the rape of Reese Taylor. Now, this was my third time seeing the documentary. I believe it's on Showtime. It came out in, I think, 2017. It was the rape of Reese Taylor. And, like, after seeing that for the third time, because, I mean, I kind of forgot about that. But I was bored last night, and it just came on. When I was going through Hulu Live TV and... I mean, shit, like, I got so fucking depressed again after that. Now, for those who don't know, Reese Taylor, she was a black woman in the 1940s. She was raped, well, gang raped by, I believe it was six or seven white men. Now, the white men, they admitted to raping her. They admitted and said, yeah, we we fucked her. She was a black woman. We thought she was the prostitute. We thought she was like just some fucking hooker. So we all had sex with her. I had my turn when I was done. So-and-so had his turn when he was done. The next guy had his turn. They admitted to the shit. And they were acquitted of all charges. Now, let me pull up when she died because the part that stuck to me was I believe this happened in... 
Henry County, Alabama. Let me pull up some facts real quick. Because, I mean, let me see. Yeah, she died in December 28th of 2017. So she was 97 years old. But the part that that kind of, you know, made me sad and kind of hurt me was the fact that the state of Alabama, I believe it was not too long ago, maybe about four to five years ago to where they admitted, yeah, you know, my bad, Reese. Like we had all the evidence to convict these white men, but we chose not to. My bad. And I think that right there, like, it just makes me sad and, like, it makes me depressed. The fact that they admit it. Yeah, you know, shit, you know. Back then, more could have been done, but it's too late because these men have been acquitted of all charges. And again, that goes back to having a son. And, like, I want more kids. Like, I want to have a daughter. Like, I really want to have a daughter so fucking bad, man, but... Like, seeing now, like, how a lot of black women are treated in the world in general, even by our own kind, it terrifies me. Like, I seen a video that went viral the other week where, like, I don't know why the fuck these black, these black teenagers, they was recording the video to where they picked up a black girl, like, she's screaming, you know, she's saying, put me down, and they threw her in the fucking trash. Now, she in the trash can, she's crying, she's hurt. And they're all screaming, world star, ha, 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 ha. It's just like, that shit is not fucking funny. Especially right now with the way the world is and how things are right now. To pick up a black woman at any time, I don't give a fuck if it was, if the world was perfect. To pick up a black woman as a black man and throw her in the fucking trash, man. Like, I don't know why these people think that this shit is cool. That is funny. This shit makes no sense, man. Even going back to the video that that went viral, I believe a day or two ago, where, I mean, you guys should have seen it, where there was a black guy, he smacked a black girl in the face with a skateboard. And she got knocked out. And the shit is fucking, it's out of control, man. It's out of fucking control and like, it just hurts. And even going back now, we're weeks later, the people that shot Breonna Taylor, they still, these motherfuckers are still on the loose, motherfucker. Like, I don't understand this shit. I don't. Like, Breonna Taylor was killed months ago. And they still out. And then we got Coons, like Herschel Walker. I mean... For those who don't know, Hershey Walker, he was a former NFL player. He's a legend. He was a great player. But he is friends with Trump. And when he come out and say some dumb shit, let me read you out a report. This is from Hollywood Unlocked. Shout out to my guy, Jason Lee. Former NFL player Hershey Walker proposes that instead of having people kneel, protest, and petition, he said, everybody who supports defund the police He said, send them to lawless countries and make them happy. And again, he is a fan of Donald Trump. He suggested, I have an idea. 
For all these people who don't want any police, I would love to meet with American Airlines, with Delta, with Southwest, and make a deal to fly them to countries that don't have police. I want them happy. Like, shit like this, like, we got coons like him, like, fucking Ben Carson. I forgot the other bitch name. The black bitch that everybody get fucking mad at. Y'all know the bitch I'm talking about. What's her name? Oh, Candace Owens. Fuck you, bitch. We're going to take a quick break, man. I got to pay some bills. Oh, man. Welcome back, man. Yo, did y'all motherfuckers see the video of that white female police officer? She was she recorded herself in her fucking car crying about her fucking McMuffin sandwich. With everything going on right now in the world, bitch, we don't give a fuck about you or your fucking McMuffin. Let me play y'all the shit of what she was saying, man. This shit is fucking insane. The McDonald's at Love's on the Ford Avenue exit. And I waited in line to get my food, I'd already done my mobile order so that, you know, people don't pay for my stuff because I just always like to pay for it myself. But I'm on my way home from work. Um, when I pull up to the window, they hand me my receipt. So I go to the second window to get my food and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Um, a girl comes out with my coffee and just the coffee and she hands it to me and I have my window down. This bitch about to cry. And that's all she hands me is the coffee. Oh, it's coffee. So bitch. I told her, I said, don't bother with the food because right now I'm too nervous to take it. It doesn't matter how many hours I've been up. Bitch, it I'm nervous to go outside. What I've done. What I've done. Anyone. Let me turn this bitch off. She, well, I guess her point was that she ordered the drink in a McMuffin. She pulled up. They brought out her drink. But they told her, I guess her food was not ready yet. So her fear was that don't bring out her food right now because she don't know, I guess, if they are going to do something to her food. That is her concern. With everything going on right now in the U.S., black men and women are being killed for fun. And these cops are going home to their families. And your, your fear is that somebody going mess with or poison your fucking $1 sandwich, bitch? Like, that shows how tone deaf some people are in the fucking white privilege. Again, y'all remember Botham John was killed in his fucking house. The cops said, oh shit, my bad. I didn't mean to kill him. Wrong house, my bad, my mistake. And she was acquitted of all charges. The man is gone for life, and you fucking crying over a 99-cent McMuffin? If you think somebody might poison your food, drive off. That is only 99 cents that you are out of. That's it. These black families of these men and women who are killed at the hands of the police... They are without their loved one forever. You are without your precious McMuffin. 
You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. And shit like that, like, it kills me, man. And like, I don't, like, I don't want to be bothered by by things like that. But like, these are the cops that are outside, and it just like it just shows you how tone deaf people are, man. Like, my fear is that my son is gonna reach middle school and he's going to get stopped while playing in the park or be perceived as a threat walking through a neighborhood that maybe some people feel he does not belong in. And you are crying online because you are scared someone is going to poison your 99 cent McMuffin. Bitch, just drive the fuck off. You are out of 99 cents. That's it, man. <sighs> man. And also, there are a lot of black a lot of black deaths in the US going on right now that involve hanging. Now, I believe right now that this is a touchy subject. Now, do I believe that what the police said that every black death right now is a suicide? No. But I don't want to lose track of how important mental health is. And that's why I said I had to take a break from, um, from social media. Like even going back the other week where a lot of, you know, jazz fly, I believe her real name was Jasmine waters. Like she was a writer. She wrote on, this is us. She wrote on a lot of big name shows. And, um, she committed suicide they said she committed suicide by hanging. Now, she is someone who spoke about her mental health many times before, and she had had some tweets in the recent months about dealing with anxiety and depression. And again, I feel as if that is overlooked within our communities because I'm always someone like, again, I've never hit my depression. I've never hit my anxiety. But when I speak about it, a lot of times now I have those out there that, you know, that support me, that give me compliments that say, you know, I deal with anxiety, too. I've dealt with things personally, but a lot of people laugh at me or they kind of make it seem as if there's something wrong. But everybody deals with some kind of depression. Now, a lot of like my anxiety or PTSD comes from the environment I grew up in. Like I remember. I was home and I don't remember the year, but I know I was a teenager and we seen someone get killed while looking out the window. Me and my mom were looking out the window talking. All we heard was bop, 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 We heard gunshot after gunshot. So we ducked and then we heard people scream, you know, like the commotion. So when the gunshots went away and we went back up and looked out the window we seen someone who we see every day. His name was Sean. He was slumped at the phone booth across the street from our project building. Now, we seen him every day, every time we go out, you know, like he was someone, you know. He hung out on the block every day. But he wasn't like these fucking knuckleheads that hung out on the block and robbed people or did some foul shit, at least to our knowledge. Every time we see them, hey, how you doing? Hey, good morning. We coming at the end of the day. How you doing? Hey, you know, 
Good evening, Miss Louise. Like, he was a very respectful kid, even though he hung out every day. So people, but again, that goes back to even cops to where they might come in the neighborhood and see him outside. And yes, he, yes, I believe he was selling drugs, but selling drugs did not, like, that, that does not mean you are a bad person. So I don't judge when it comes to that because selling drugs, to me, that is a way of survival. Now, if you're selling drugs and you're robbing people and you're killing people, then that's when shit kind of get too much. But sometimes, I mean, there's people like who I've tried to help get jobs, but I just couldn't help them because nobody wanted to hire them due to their past criminal history. Now, you can tell these people to keep looking for a job month after month after month and keep getting denied or you can, I don't want to say support, but a lot of the times they end up selling drugs just as a way to provide because they have kids, they have families, they have bills. And like that death has always stuck with me because it traumatized me. The fact that I've seen someone who I've seen every day just die and it's just like because like now when someone reaches old age and like they pass away due to cancer or just natural causes it's still sad but it's not the same as if you see someone and they make plans for next week and then that same night bow, bow, it's done they are no longer here it, just, it traumatizes you it really does because I think, I guess to in this podcast, my biggest issue with cops is that, well, based on where I grew up at in the Bronx, New York, like cops, like they don't just show up unless they are there to arrest somebody, they are looking for someone, or they are there to serve a warrant. And that is my issue. Like, I think it'll be so dope and it'll connect with, with, Minorities with African Americans, if they just show up, like just show up and just ask people how they are. Now, we know, like when the cops show up in these neighborhoods, you probably gonna get cursed out. You probably gonna hear some shit you don't wanna hear. But if you can put up with that and just try to build a rapport with the people who live in these neighborhoods, I feel like as if that'll go a long way. To helping repair the damage that has been done for decades and centuries. Like stop being scared to get out and walk around in the areas that you police. Like black people, like they want to see you show up and ask, hey, what hey, what up, Tyrell? How you doing today? How's school? How's your mom? Like, it is okay to build that rapport. Like becoming a cop to me does not mean I wake up, I clock in the work and the mentality should not be I clocked in. Who the fuck can I arrest today? It should be clocking in and trying to build a relationship with the community in which you service. And I feel as if that is lost, especially when it comes to white cops, even black cops. Because like it's like once you put on that badge, like you should not play God. But that is what happens a lot of the time. They put on that badge and they 
they play God or they may be going through th- through things at home. So once they put on that badge, they take out the frustration of their daily home life. Because they say the duty of a cop is to protect and serve. But it is like it is OK and it should be the main goal in the primary responsibility is to build positive interactions with the community. And I hope that, you know, with the way the world is now and the fact that a lot of people, black, white, Chinese, Hispanic, like they are looking at Black Lives Matter. I hope in a positive light, because, I mean, we still have those who believe that, you know, all lives matter. If you say black lives matter, just like, fuck y'all, man. Again, saying black lives matter does not mean all lives don't matter. That's a dumb way of thinking. And people that think like that, like they just, they are stuck in their ways or they don't want to believe that blacks should be equal. Because like we know, like white people, they love animals. Like when I hear a white person say, oh, save the dogs. I don't want the dogs to be killed at the, at the kill shelter. Like you saying save the dogs does not make me think, uh, ah, Save the dogs. Why you ain't saying save the cats? Why you ain't saying save the raccoons? Like, I understand what you are saying. If there are dogs at the kill shelter that are assigned to be killed or euthanized, like, that is who you are focused on right now. It's not the cats because the cats may not be in that kill shelter. But people, they're going to believe what they want to believe. They're going to think how they want to feel. But again, man, It was tough to even record this podcast, to even kind of wake myself up to do it because it has been a tough week. But again, you guys can voice message me. You can click the link in the in the bio to this podcast or to this episode. You guys can send a voice message to the podcast. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Lunchroom Chatterpod. And again, I hope you guys stay safe. Hope you guys be aware. You guys Educate yourselves on what is going on right now. Happy Juneteenth to all y'all out there. I love you guys, man. Again, follow me on the podcast page, Lunchroom Chat Apart. Let your friends know to check it out. Let your friends know to tune in. I love you guys. Peace.